Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, Athletes Made Here. The Sports Performance Center was developed with one goal in mind, to maximize human performance through movement and recovery. Their team of expert performance sports coaches and trainers will guide you to achieve your performance goals. That's the Baylor Scott & White Sports Performance Center, located at the Star in Frisco. This episode is also brought to you by Allen Dental Studio, located off Bethany drive in Allen. Their office was designed with you, the patient, in mind, which means an excellent and enjoyable experience. From cosmetics to implants, you deserve a perfect smile, and Allen Dental Studio can make that happen. Also, don't want to leave out another longtime friend of the podcast, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. With locations in Carrollton and Dallas, Texan Senior Residential Care Homes offers an affordable, high-quality alternative to senior living. Call now at 469-400-7650. That's Texen, spelled T-E-X-S-E-N, Texen Senior Residential Care Homes. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welsh, being joined by Kendrick Johnson, Taylor Raglan, and Brian Murphy. The high school football playoffs are here. We've got 11 weeks of this stuff out of the way to set the stage for uh, now for the real fun. Now the uh, now the real uh, the real good stuff begins as we embark on the first of uh, of six rounds of the uh, of the postseason, and we'll see uh, see what happens, guys. It's been a uh, should be a fun little ride for uh, for our schools that are in fact playoff bound. So we're um, we're going to talk about just about all of them today. Try to give a uh, kind of a look at what's in store for them early on in the playoffs. Maybe some storylines, I guess, region to region as far as who could be poised for a deep run and kind of where the strength in a certain. Region Region lies because um, yeah, there's obviously no shortage of notable talking points because the uh, the high school football playoffs are here and um, yeah, let's start over in uh, let's start in Class Six A and we can um, you know what since we've all had teams that, uh, that made it out in um, you know in District Nine Six A we can well actually sorry Taylor <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough year for Plano ISD yeah <laughs> it was a rough year for Plano ISD yeah, so. Taylor Taylor called and you the first person that told me mm. hey man PSD. My, my Plano was the only hope. At, at one point, I thought Plano might be the second best team in that district. And if the offense, I don't want to make excuses. PIS team missing the playoffs. One of those three of the four biggest schools in the state should make yeah. the postseason every year. Exactly. But that Plano offense was clicking up until and I saw them in person. They had fifty six yeah. on playoff bound McKinney. Couple injuries, but still, yeah, you should figure it out. I saw them at their peak. So we can, uh, yes, we can talk about those who are in fact bound yeah. for the playoffs, and that is not Plano ISD. Um, sorry. Right, so we have, um, as far as the matchups for the by district round between nine six A and ten six A, we have. Let's see. It is in Division One. You have Allen versus Saxe and Prosper versus Wiley, and then in Division Two, you have McKinney versus Naaman Forest and Jesuit versus Lakeview Centennial. So we'll focus on Allen and Saxe as well as uh, Prosper and McKinney. Um, you know, Kendrick McKinney is uh, got a chance at a little bit of history later this week in their first round matchup against um, against Naaman Forest. And first off, I mean, just what a what a wild ride these last few years have been for the McKinney football team, just going right down to the wire. And once again. Yeah, they needed a little bit of help from Prosper last Friday, and then a uh, a last uh, you know a, a late field goal from Seth Cox to uh, to take down uh, McKinney Boyd. So what are the what are the vibes in McKinney right now after just another monumental win like that and another playoff berth under Marcus Shavers? Like and the way way they're used to this, this is the third year in a row. If you take it back to uh, Matt Gaddick and that crew's senior year, they had to beat uh, no, they had to not lose by eight points to Boyd, <laughs> and they only lost by four. You know they lost the game, they mm-hmm. still got into the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then last year they had to beat Boyd to get in when they could win. Boyd was already eliminated and this year. Winner take all Crosstown Showdown. So mm-hmm. this is par for the course for McKinney. But what's also been par for the course is first round disappointments. This year is going to be different for the simple fact. Mm-hmm. I remember last year when they got beat by Wiley, a game that they could have won. Coach Shaver was like, we will be back. People going to remember this McKinney crew. I basically write it down. So 365 days later, he was pretty active. He, he, he was Shaver Domus. So, so hopefully... <laughs> For the Lions' sake. <laughs> Johnson Dominus, Murphy Dominus, Shaver Dominus. 
he uh, basically they stay with what they do. They have a, a, three, a power running game with three running backs. Mm-hmm. They have two receivers, Isaiah Rojas and um, Isaiah Wallace, the Isaiah brothers, and their defense has gotten better. That's that's been the key story. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was just telling. Um, Taylor, they had 50, they gave 56 to play on, they gave 49 to Allen and 49 to Prosper in the first three games. Yeah. You give 150 points in those first three district games, you ain't supposed to go to the playoffs. Fast forward to the last four games, they haven't given up more than 21, and they're giving up 16.2, and that's why they playing on Friday. Mm-hmm. So I think that same defensive mentality will carry over to a naming team, which I have nothing to go by because I saw them at the very beginning of the year. Yeah. They're a different they're team now. Team, so I don't know. So that yeah. team don't exist. So I was like, yeah. I've seen them play, but I really haven't seen them play. Yeah. So it's kind of like if you if if you went to the Plano version, Plano game against McKinney, you've seen them play, but you hadn't seen them play. That team won't be out there on Friday. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting. But if I was going to Vegas, like I always do, I'll be going there the next week. I'll put my money on the Lions to end the drought and get the first win in 25 years. Mm-hmm. And the school's over 100 years old and they have not won a playoff game since 1984. That's wild. So, yeah, it's a chance for a long, you know, playoff win drought to come to an end. Um, yes, yeah, so they get a name in Forest team that is uh, kind of like McKinney. You know, they've yeah. kind of started to, you know, round into form later, later in the season. From last year, they were 0-5 and yeah. had to win out to get in. And they threw all sorts of chaos into the District 10-6A playoff situation by beating <laughs> Lakeview Centennial, thus knocking Rowlett out of the mix the first time in like a decade and a half that Rowlett's missed the playoffs. So yeah, Neyman Forrest got a little bit of confidence coming in, but I don't know, just based on the way these two districts yeah. played throughout the season, I think the expectation is, is that 9-6A should yeah. fare pretty well. A I lot of these matchups line up well for them. I think another thing too, these, this particular crew, mm-hmm. like last year, nobody, Shavers didn't have 6A coaching um, uh, playoff experience. He went in the lower level, mm-hmm. but as you know, it's different. Yeah. And none of those players that went to the playoffs particularly because that Gaddick crew was all seniors. So this whole team, a lot of them played last year, had that burn from that Wiley loss and want to get back here mm-hmm. too. So that's an X factor that I think is going to be able to take Naaman Forrest down because they, they want that playoff win. So no, it, it's just kind of funny, you know. Wiley and Saxy, they finish six and one in District One and Two, and then they get rewarded <laughs> by Sax. So Saxy wins that, you know, super, you know, intense game in the, you know, Rollett going for two. Yeah, How did they do that? And then, you know, that late touchdown, and then you know they they hang on to beat Rollett, you know, their biggest rival. Mm-hmm. Well, now you got to go play Allen yeah. and Wiley. You go beat the brakes out of South Garland. You finish six and one district title. Yada yada mm-hmm. yada. And now you got to go play Prosper. Like, and you know, the, the joke was is that for years the Rowlett Saxy game would always be dubbed the Avoid Allen Bowl because <laughs> the loser would end up being getting sacrificed to Allen in the first round. Sacrifice. But with, you know, but with Rowlett getting knocked out now, even though Saxy wins, that's who they that's who they draw. And um, you know, for that matchup, I'm most likely going to be at that game Friday out at Eagle Stadium as Allen begins its uh, playoff run against Saxy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, whether it was just the rivalry stakes of Saxy and Rowlett, but just that, that it was that close, 42. To 40 with Rowlett being down their starting quarterback Alex Rout and that they were still able to make as much of a game out of it as they were as they did is was a little shocking at the uh, you know at first glance obviously Sexy got a huge game from Sean Coleman who's mm-hmm. you know really really um, you know impressed this season he had 179 rushing yards three touchdowns needed every last one of those points to uh, to avoid the uh, the upset against the uh, against the Eagles um, and then you have Allen which you know Allen is they're on the uh, first off it's kind of an aside they're on the cusp of of some more you know, notable statewide history. So Allen just polished off another 10-0 regular season. It's been uh, from 2013 on. They've uh, you know they've gone undefeated in the regular season. They've now won 75 consecutive regular season games. The record's 82 or 83. By it, who? It was North Shore. Shout out to the North Shore. My father-in-law coached that team. <laughs> so I know Glenda Park North Shore is that record. It's record. according to LoneStarGridiron.com. Um, it's actually 78, and 78. it is it is North Shore that holds that from 01 to 09 when they won 78 consecutive regular season games. So Allen has a chance to break that record next season. Um, but I was going through just to kind of see, okay, what has Allen's average margin of victory been throughout that span? Because Allen is, you know, they'll blow they'll blow out opponents on 30. the regular. It is it was 31.7, and that's where you look at this particular team. Though the margin of victory is the lowest during that span. It's only 23 points per game. So you'd have a lot of results when... Yeah. I know, again, that's... You're, again, you're being... Compared to to yourself. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're being compared to, again, some of the, uh, you know, some like, of the better teams I, that the Dallas area has ever seen. Taylor was talking about the other day. It's like, this, I mean, Allen, obviously, they're 10-0. They're elite, state-ranked, but are they they're Allen, not, Allen? They're not are Allen they, good. They're not Allen good. Are they Allen from the last couple mm-hmm. of years? Are they able to make a, a run at state? 
No. One could say one could say this has been the toughest regular season schedule that they've played because when you yeah. look at earlier in the year when they did take on Dickinson and Cedar sure. Hill, two teams that those wins continue to look nice. They're both ranked in the top 16 in the state. They yeah. both beat them by double digits. But um, those concerning games against like Coppell, who's really down. This they were down. I mean, they were banged up that game. They didn't have Raven Sharp. Yeah, yeah, so that's in that. Yeah, but but, but my whole thing is they're going to have to beat Dunk. They're going to go through Duncanville to get to North Shore. So if they somehow beat Duncanville, mm -hmm. they can't do that two weeks in a row. There's no team in the state that can beat those two teams back-to-back -back weeks. Well, those two teams got to make it there first, and so does Allen, for that matter, because <laughs> when you look at the uh, at the brackets, like, listen, Allen is expected to take care of Saxy. We all, we're all in agreement on that. I didn't that. think that game was on the picket line this week. It wasn't. I, I, I've, had, I've had my Saxy sources tell me, I'll leave them anonymous, that <laughs> if we're going to go out, we're still going to try and go out swinging. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm, I'm anxious to see yeah, if it's just if it's a kitchen sink performance <laughs> by Saxy. and but, um, but nevertheless, though, so if Allen is able to get by Saxe, then there's a chance they could draw a rematch with Rockwall in the second round. And I think that's the one that, at least when, you look, at, when you look at the, uh, at the rest of that Region 2 bracket, that's a matchup that immediately jumps out. It's like, okay, that's... Because it was a great game last year. Yeah. And was, Allen won 52-41. to 41. I don't think there's any question Allen... I don't think Allen's got that firepower mm -hmm. to put up that point. That's the thing, yeah. It's going to be about whether or not their defense, which has been great. Their defense has only allowed 17 total points these last three games. Who's at the end again? Elijah Fisher. And the man's a beast. Shout out to him. I, I very get very very rarely get get impressed like off of, off of one performance like some other people. Mm -hmm. That guy's a monster. <laughs> the guy's a monster, day, man. <laughs> the guy's a monster. Props to him. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's say the, the the we can I mean again if these two teams advance, we can talk a little bit more of it in detail next week. You know, but now on Rockwall, I mean, the same problems that exist in that matchup are still there with Rockwall and that high powered offense. Dude, and arguing with picking Rockwall. It's that was a uh, you know before the season started there were some outlets that was a, that was a trendy upset pick as far as like okay keep an eye on Rockwell they might actually be the best team to come out of that region and then you look what happened with their season with um you know they had the close loss early on to Highland Park and then the Longview game which was again so weird because Jackson Smith and Jigby gets hurt in the first series or whatnot oh, that's a oh yeah and they lost like forty nine to three or whatever it was and so that's I mean yeah I don't know if those two teams were to play this Friday you probably get a much different outcome mm -hmm. in those games but um yeah. I, again, it's we can talk about that one later on, but that's um, obviously you know, the Allen fans are well aware of what Rockwall brings mm -hmm. to the table and should be very, very much uh, on high alert because that's a game with um, yeah, there's uh, there's definitely some uh, Rockwall's not gonna <laughs> that is not gonna be an easy one for Allen for sure. Uh, but then you look elsewhere in the region and you have like Klein Oak, you know, who would then potentially be a uh, you know a potential third round matchup for either of those two teams, um, and then you have the bottom half which now uh, Prosper has been uh, has been thrust into and. And, you know, Prosper's outlook, I mean, everything changed in that one night last Friday. I mean, it was looking yeah. like for all, all season long, they were going to be D2 once again. The question was, would they wind up on the same side as Longview and then get, you know, fed to them in the second round like last season? Well, by virtue of Plano getting knocked out last Friday... Prosper now gets bumped up to D1, so their entire For landscape has uh, yeah, <laughs> their entire landscape has changed. So you wonder now, um, yeah, kind of what this means for Prosper as far as if this is a uh, you know potentially uh, they might be able to get on a little bit of a roll here now if they are able to kind of look like the uh, basically if they can look like the team that didn't play Allen or Jesuit mm -hmm. when they weren't exactly competitive in either of those games. Um, I mean they were incredible on Friday. I mean they did not give Plano even a prayer of making that a game. They had 34 points in the second quarter. Scored they had six scores possessions in the second quarter alone. you got to try to get six yeah. <laughs> again, six scoring drives in a single quarter. Um, they scored on 10 consecutive drives overall. Their defense was lights out. They're, I mean, so aggressive. They'll never admit it, but you know that was a conversation prior mm -hmm. to the game. Like, you go out and beat Plano, you know, you don't have to see <laughs> you don't have to see them, and, and you know that was mm -hmm. in the back of, of everybody's minds, and it should have been. Yeah. It should have been. Because there was at least a scenario in play where if they had lost to Plano, and then I believe if Jesu if Plano East would have beaten Jesuit, yeah. then Prosper would have wound up getting the high seed in the D2 bracket, and that means you get you know, you get Longview in the second round, which is a fate that nobody wants in the, in the 6A D2 bracket. Who in the high seed? Jesuit. Mm -hmm. Jesuit. Yeah, oh. Jesuit. Good, so, good luck with all that. Jesuit yep. may not get that first round yeah they're i mean they're they're missing ej smith right now and that's that's no small absence um but then with prosper though you look at now what's in store for them is they get wiley you know a wiley team that they split the district title Are they with at wiley? um yes it is at wiley isd that's stadium like prosper's playing at wiley no, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm. well, yeah. That yeah. game's gonna be a lot closer than what you think. That doesn't be that team plays ridiculously well at that stadium. Mm. You haven't been to Pirate Stadium, Pamo. 
I hate that animal. The Amo. I didn't say I liked it at all. That's a no comment, but no, I feel you. I feel your sentiment on that. That's weird. So yeah, I mean, just you look at the rest of the bracket, and it seems that you know if Prosper is able to get past Wiley, there is at least a path there where they can maybe be around for a little bit. You know, again, you avoid the the strength in that region is in the top half with Allen Rockwall and Klein Oak. You know, elsewhere you look and you have you know Mesquite. You know, fair play to Mesquite, who I mean, when I when you learn that Mesquite was the third best team in that district after watching them in person just get mauled by Mesquite Horn mm-hmm. back early on in the district schedule, they lost thirty-five to fourteen. You know, they they were held under I think their quarterback, you know, uh, you know Dylan, uh, you know McGill, whatnot. He completed like thirty percent of his passes. They just had such a tough time handling that uh, that Horn defense, and then for them to turn around and, and uh, bounce back the way that they have with you know getting the requisite wins over Tyler Lee, a, a dramatic game with they needed a, a, a very, very uh, a late rally to get by in that one. Then they beat you know, Rockwall Heath and North Mesquite. You know, what happened against Longview and Rockwall is what's expected to happen mm-hmm. against those two, but then for them to, uh, you know, come out on the other end as the, um, you know, as the third best team in that district is an impressive turnaround for uh, for Jeff Leaner and his crew. And a lot of it's just thanks to that run game. I mean, their top five rushes are all averaging more than seven yards per carry, and that's not some pretty nice depth to have there in the backfield, obviously led by uh, Lidl Darius Turner, um, but yeah, they get uh, you know Colleen Shoemaker to start. The winner of that game will draw the winner of Wiley and Prosper, and then from there it's you know the Woodlands and Cypress Woods teams that aren't really much yeah. in, uh, in our coverage area. So I was it's ask who do y'all think is that best team in that little bracket right there for the first three rounds? Is it Prosper? Is it? I, I don't. Is it Shoemaker? It, I mean, again, I think there's no clear there's no clear lead horse in that yeah. in that side of things. I mean, I could see it going any number of ways, but there's there's no Allen or you know what I mean? There's no like, oh, well there's yeah. your there's We're your just not close enough to those teams in the bottom yeah. in the bottom quarter with the Sia Woods and the Springs and the Woodlands and the likes. I mean, I know the Woodlands yeah, is usually good every yeah, year. But but, the, but none of us have ever made a, traditionally have not made a run. Yeah. Yeah. The Woodlands will get there, but they won't get the job done. Yeah. Usually yeah, it's usually the Woodlands. This ain't baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was the year when the Woodlands knocked off Allen in the state summer. Eyes and uh, that'd be by North Shore, yeah. And they, it was Lake Travis, I think, that year that Lake got Travis. them, yeah. They got hammered by that Lake Travis team, um, so yeah. Sure. It's not a. It's not out of the question though that a team like a Prosper or a Mesquite might be yeah. able to potentially get a you know get a few rounds deep well, in this. You, you the Prosper first of all. What's, what's your take, bro? <laughs> They're the best team in that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, we've seen them. They've been too Jekyll and Hyde this year. We've seen what they are against. So you ain't putting your money on them. <laughs> no, I'm not putting my money on any of them. No, I mean we've seen what they are against the really good teams, and we've seen what they are against you know the bad teams, so to speak, in nine six a. And it's like, well, who's going to show up when you start yeah. playing these these good teams? Yeah, you're not having to face Allen or Longview or you know teams like that. But we saw what happened against Jesuit, yeah. and you're going to be playing. Teams There's a very, very clear line of demarcation on how they fared against the winning teams in that district and the teams that were on the uh, on the lower, the mid to lower tiers in that district. And they blew out all of them in the win- in victory, but then they got throttled in those two losses. Yeah, so they're not going to be playing Plano East. Playing OS, they're yeah. not playing McKinney Boy. No offense, Kendrick. They, they, they're playing. <laughs> me. You didn't get, get Red Nation a shout out, not Kendrick. <laughs> Sorry, McKinney Boy. I shouldn't have brought you all up. No, but they, they should beat Wiley. But after that, you know, with that Shoemaker Mesquite, whoever they play there, that's going to be tough. And then, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to expect from Prosper. I do expect them to beat Wiley. Um, you know, by a couple scores. That that is what should happen. Uh, but yeah, from there on, I mean, who knows? You never know what you're going to get with Prosper. Right? You think it's going to be a nine six eight sweep? I do. I yeah, so. yeah. I, I the only so. one that's—I mean, McKinney and Naaman is—that's that was tough. That was tough for me. McKinney's on a mission, bro. Who I pick, right. McKinney, I think is a <laughs> pick at your pick, put him on the pick line. Two scores better, <laughs> but I just than can't Naaman. trust Naaman. Put, <laughs> put him on the pick line. Something <laughs> something weird could happen, but I think McKinney is at least two scores better than that team. That district yeah. ten six eight is just yeah. no good. There was a lot of parity, but again, it might be the kind of parity yeah. that might not necessarily translate to the playoffs. Yeah, in a weird way, that parity helps a team like McKinney because they ain't seen Allen. They ain't seen a prosper yeah. they ain't seen a jesuit mm-hmm. so there's nothing they hadn't seen before and mm-hmm. coach Abrams and them i have 100 confidence that they're gonna have those boys ready to play and so this guy's been on a mission to get back to this stage and right the wrong as they said from last year and then you've got over in uh, in district 66a with the qualifiers from uh it was a lewisville isd sweep 
Ironman. Hebron Lucifer and Marcus all made it. Um, and let's see what as far as what's in store. It's basically a case of where if you got one of the low seeds, then yeah. you're drawing an absolute juggernaut. Yep. You know, with you know, with all you know, apologies to uh, to Louisville and Hebron. They've got some uh, a couple tall orders on deck on Friday. So you have yeah, Louisville draws South Lake Carroll. Good luck with all that. And, and I lost since 2016 at home, and they're playing them at Dragon Stadium. There you Good go. luck with all that. A little fun fact great on South year Lake Carroll. Louisville, the great team. I mean, they no, they yeah. come so long are uh, so far that offense. Oh, they're back, good. man. Yeah, they're back. South Lake is just. What question is the quarterback in? Uh, Taylor Green is a junior. Yeah, he's, he's legit. He had 24 touchdowns and yeah. uh, he counted for 36. Legit, and he ran for yeah. 12. They're great, but you just don't, like you said, you don't go into Dragon Stadium, and I don't think. And Not in the playoffs. playoffs. Predictive so. tradition. And that's a South Lake team that is just on such a roll yeah. right now. They had that big statement win against Denton Guy earlier in district. They've got one of the top quarterbacks in the entire country in Quinn Ewers there. I mean, that's that's a program that is expected to hang around for three, four rounds potentially. And, well, um, yeah, it's just going to be a tall order. I mean, Louisville's defense has been up to the Task. They've you know they've helped they've shown well against the okay. against the likes of Marcus and Flowermount and whatnot. But just South Lake is just on a completely different yeah, tier. But the, from, the last two weeks they've been struggling. They had a game with thirty eight to Hebron and forty nine to five. Yeah, Marcus. the Hebron game was man that they, they, they got took to the woods. That threw us at, all off. The, I mean, that you were, Taylor was <laughs> you was firmly in Hebron's no. corner, and oh, that no, he was no, the only one in the pick line that oh, took uh, Hebron. If I knew they were playing at the woods, I would have. I, I didn't do my research correctly. You know how many times Hebron lost at home this year? Hey, but never. Well, what's Devin? What's Devin that when you need him? The Devin don't believe in that. He but it, ain't, it ain't happening now. So sorry. <laughs> that that game. I mean, to get into Hebron Guy, I think it has a chance. In 2015, I went back and looked at that one. I mean, that game Hebron was up at half, 13 to six. I mean, two completely different programs this yeah. year. But some history there. Good game, and and I think that one has a puncher's chance of being competitive for a little bit at least but you know I think Geyer in the end is just going to have too much that one loss the Geyer has by what 10 to South mm-hmm. Lake or whatever it was yeah. I mean that's that's a tough draw tough draw it's basically your quintessential like great defense versus yeah. great offense matchup because yeah. that uh, that Geyer that Geyer running game is about mm-hmm. as efficient as it gets in the Metroplex you know not just with Cadric uh, Cobbs who yeah. I, I think he ended up leading 6A um, at least within the Dallas area in rushing here's another here's another stat Cobbs Manny Fincher uh, and Frazier and the North North crew and play white were all on the same middle school team. So that team, huh. that middle school team, right. had the leading rusher in six A <laughs> yeah. and leading rusher in five A right. in the area. That is absurd. Where was that, that, where was that middle school at? Cockrell. Yeah. Cockrell Middle School. Cobbs, I believe Cobbs initially transferred from his Melissa dad, to Denton yeah. Geyer. His dad's the coach. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's how much talent. Oh yeah. On that team, they had the leading six A rusher and the leading five A rusher on the same squad. And I know we're still only talking first round, but Geyer. Cedar Hill in the second round, and then <sighs> and then Carroll Southlake against Desoto in the second round. Also, Whoa, second round. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pretty pretty impressive matchups there on paper. Yeah, <laughs> with um yeah, because it's not just Kedrick Cobbs left to worry about, but Eli Stowers, you know, they're uh, you know, a dual threat quarterback. He's one of the. Uh, I saw him as a sophomore. Oh yeah, he's one of the best in the in the yeah, area. He's pretty, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's a little lefty. Got the little yeah. lefty. Action. That guy, our offense has they can they can hurt you all over the place. But Hebron's defense has been you know for the most part up to the up to the challenge this season. Even when pressed against you know upper uh, upper echelon competition, you think of that game that they had earlier in the year against Arlington Martin, which Martin looks. I mean, Martin just you know breeze through the regular season it feels like um, you know and Hebron held them to like a negative yardage in the first mm-hmm. half that, that defense can dial it up against a high power group when called upon so you know that they're going to at least have a, they'll be ready for what Geyer throws but Geyer just has um, that's just a lot of firepower Darius Snow on that deep. yeah yeah Darius Snow Carter Nori uh, Ben Rutherford they've got um, there's a lot of uh, yeah, there's a lot of horses on that Hebron defense very experienced group that's really uh, shown out as being one of the uh, one of the better defenses in all of 6-6-A um, you have that matchup again yeah Lewis and South Lake Carroll, we'll you know we'll see what's there. But then you have um, you know Flyer Mound and um, Flyer Mound squares off against Keller in the first round. A chance for Flyer Mound to get its first playoff win ever. I did not know that getting hitting yeah. into this. The Flyer Mound really? had never won a playoff game. That was a big message earlier this season. Was mm-hmm. like you know because obviously the district title last year and mm-hmm. all the success and how good they were. But, but then they ran into Geyer in the first yeah, round. Yeah, and, and that's a tough matchup, but still nothing really to show for it. You know, yeah. you want that you want that gold football for the 
you want to be champions of something, yeah. even if it's just by district. You you want that first <laughs> that first step, and I think I think they'll get it this year. That'll be a notable milestone for sure. I hope that's their goal because they win that game. They play Duncanville, so yeah. oh, good luck with <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Who plays Duncanville? Flowermount. Flowermount. Yeah. 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 They have to win the first round. So with Flowermount, it's Flowermount and Keller is going to basically be another matchup of like dynamic offense versus yep. a real stingy defense. That Keller group has only allowed I think around twenty points per game this season, and with Flowermount, we we all know what we get with that Flyermont offense with Blake Short and Pierce Hudgens. They've got four receivers with at least 32 receptions led by Reed Touchstone. Um, ironically enough, Touchstone finished the regular season as one of the top big play receivers in all of uh, the 6A Metroplex among the top 25 receivers in the area for 6A at least. He was fifth in yards per catch, 20.4. Um, so yeah, they, I don't know, I, I think we're all in concept though in thinking that Flyermont is able to uh, yeah. get past that first round hack. Yeah, yeah, so that'd be a, that'll be a nice, a nice uh, opportunity for them on Fridays, they get to host Keller, and then you have Marcus. Which, man, Marcus just—they get better each week. I saw them play against Boy earlier this mm-hmm. year, and you can tell they had—they had that oof. And then um, Nussmeier, evidently, he's that guy that can—he's a legit D one or he has. Oh yeah, he yeah, absolutely is. That's one of the reasons why there was so much optimism about that passing game this year for years. It's just been the run game and the run game, and Justin mm-hmm. Dinka and all those great running backs that Marcus has had. And this is one of the first times in some time that they've had a guy that can legit, you know, go for. You know, like 3,000 yards passing and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, and you see what it's translated to. They've won nine straight. They lost their season opener at Arlington Bowie. I was actually at that game. And they've just won everything since. But, man, they have a – it's a team that is – It's I hate to, you know, to pull a, an entry out of the sports cliche Rolodex. They find ways to win. Because yeah. <laughs> you look at how close their games have been against the uh, the rest of Louisville ISD and Capel. In those uh, – between those four opponents, they uh, – yeah, yeah, those four opponents – their average margin of victory was 6.8 points. Hey. I mean, it's crazy because, like, they I mean, they beat Hebron by 10. They beat Capel by 8 in overtime. They beat Flower Mound by 3. And then they just beat Louisville by 6 in overtime. So That's the good. We talk about 10-6-8, though, mm-hmm. and kind of bad parity. That's the good parity. That's a Makes I mean, they all count the same. Yeah. If you're Marcus, that's, what, that's your kind of mantra for winning that district title. They all count. And those are... Good program. Yeah. Especially, I mean, you look at the Flower Mound win by three points, whatever. That game is just a freaking crapshoot yeah. every season. I mean, that, <laughs> if you win that game, that's all that matters. Like, mm-hmm. just full stop. You won the Mountain Showdown. Who cares how you <laughs> did it? That game is nuts. And then same thing with, I mean, those are, those are some really, Hebron and Louisville especially, really good programs this mm-hmm. year. So, you know, no flukes, I don't think. I mean, all close, but no flukes. It's certainly, and I think after a while, it just kind of becomes part of your identity, and you develop yeah. that confidence in those close situations just to, you're not ever phased by anything, and you just yeah. kind of almost expect to do it. And we'll see, uh, you know, if it was more of a, uh, this is the thing about the playoffs, is you now get a little bit of a, we know what they look like within the confines of 6-6-A, mm-hmm. but when you go up against a completely different district, yep. what does it all mean? So are they going to go out there on Friday, and are they going to beat Keller Central by, you know, by 17, 21 points, or is it going to be another just down-to-the-wire close call? Um, anxious to see, but yes, that's who Marcus Strong in the first round, they get Keller Central at home on uh, on Friday. And let's see, is that um? Have we touched on everybody in six A? Yes, sir. Have we? Sounds like it. Let's see. All right, so we got plenty of stuff then on the other end for for five A, be it Division One or Division Two. Talk a little Frisco ISD, little the Colony, McKinney North, all that good stuff. And we can get to that after a word from this sponsor. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media. 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. And now, let's get back to the podcast. And we are back as we continue to preview the high school football playoffs. We have talked some 6A, a little bit of what's going on in Division 1 and Division 2, so let's now transition to 5A. About the same thing. Let's start over in Division One because I think there's a uh, there's plenty of uh, fun fun angles to take. If you look at uh, the uh, the 5A Division One Region Two bracket, which is where all of our local playoff qualifiers um, emerge from, you have uh, the number one ranked team in all of the state. Brian, we can start right there. We can stop at the tippy top of the of the state rankings. Frisco Lone Star, first time ever that they are entering the postseason with this sort of basically a state championship or bust expectation would you say yeah first time ever being 10 and 0 because they've been they've been to the state finals before but you know Jason it was Shelley in 2015 yeah and, uh, you know they were, they were never doing so as the number one team oh, in the state oh, you know my question for you are you putting money on them to get the job done yeah i know i said in the first segment i'm not putting my money on anyone but <laughs> <laughs> if i did it would be lone star and that is you know 
knowing who they would play mm-hmm. in the third round, potentially, most likely, if everything is taken care of, business is taken care of by both sides. And I'm talking about Highland Park. It's you know it's been <laughs> it's been the murmur all season long since they played Highland Park in week three that you know they could match up in the third round, third or fourth round. Well, based off how things went, no surprise, Highland Park won their district. Lone Star won their district. And that third uh, third round meeting uh, is, is looming, but you know they got to beat Mansfield Legacy, a team that I feel like they play every year in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. does. They play but they're, 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 they're down. Huh? They are. And they, I, I got inside sources on that program. Yeah, they are down. I mean, they only won like four games this year, and they, they just got absolutely slaughtered by you know, Lancaster and Highland Park when they played mm-hmm. them. So they're not the same Legacy team. Uh, they don't have that Jalen Catalan kid. Yeah, no. Shout around. out to Kevin Pryor, my source. <laughs> yeah. So give up your sources. Yeah, so they, they, they play the Legacy. They should beat them pretty good. I'll just leave it at that. And then second round, they'd have to face a, a College Station or John Tyler, another a John Tyler team that's only won three games this year. College Station, they're not the same College Station that one uh, state that one mm-hmm. state a couple years ago. So. Out the blue, yeah, out literally. Like, out literally, the blue, they had never won. They had won more than like they had won like ten games in the program's history, and you go from that to winning. I don't know. I'm like, that's like that's the most absurd run ever. <laughs> man, an absurd run is Lone Star man going ten and zero, beating Highland Park, and then surviving Can you do it again twice. Yeah, because here's yeah, yeah. No, let's like it's look, let's that's look at what it might take. Like, and this is assuming, again, because you see upsets all the time in the playoffs. So this is not to say that this is exactly what the road's going to look like, but it is at least in play that they could very well have to see four consecutive opponents ranked in the state's top five. And Lone Star being one of those teams, it means that you would see, again, two through five at some various junctures. So you could get a scenario in play where they play Highland Park in the, th- in the third round. And then in the fourth round, you might see number five ranked Lufkin. Then, or Lancaster. Or Lancaster. Or the colony. <laughs> that would be so much fun. Uh, yeah, that'd, be, that'd be the most fun playoff. And then, yeah, we'll look at that scoring machine. And then if you get out of Region 2 unscathed, you could very well draw <clears throat> Dan Ryan, rank number three out of Region 1. And, well, <laughs> and then if you get past that and get to the state championship game, you could conceivably wind up playing number two ranked Shadow Creek. So if Lone Star is going to win their first ever state championship... Ain't going to be no fluke. There is, yeah, yeah. They will... And then, listen, they're probably... I don't know if they would have to end up playing those teams in that exact order. One of them might get upset along the way, but they're going to see some of them at least. Yeah, that, that almost sounded like on um, points in baseball right? mm. when they had to do all that just to get the state. Yeah. yeah. So it is. Well, it will be a very well-deserved state championship well, if they are in fact able to accomplish obviously that. Obviously what worries me is the rematch with Highland Park because it's like, are you going to beat Highland Park twice yeah. in one year? And I know you've been saying that all season, and I'm I'm worried about that too. You know mm-hmm. Helen Park and Randy Allen and those guys they're gonna they're gonna come out looking very different than they did two months ago. And the things people forget they're three time defending state champion. Oh yeah, well, nobody's really playoffs, talking about that. They take it up another notch. <laughs> they just came off a nine and one season, just just a nonchalant, quiet nine and one year, beating mm-hmm. Lancaster in overtime and in district play. Oh, that's just expected, you know, with Holland Park, but. Lufkin or Lancaster, you know, they, they are capable of, of beating a Lone Star, but I'm not worried about them. Then I'm worried about Denton Ryan. Mm-hmm. Denton Ryan, man, they got the horses. They have, they got an easy route, it seemed like, too, from what I glanced at. Yeah, over at all those teams, yeah. Denton Ryan's got the easiest route if, out of the Denton top Ryan's five teams. not there in that fourth round, then uh, some, or the fifth round, I should say. Something really crazy happened. Something very crazy happened. Mm-hmm. And that, that worries me, that semifinal game. Against Denton Ryan, most likely at AT and T. Drew Sanders, Drew's yeah. man. They just they just have so many guys there that they can go toe to toe with Lone Star. Is that is that Spencer's brother? Mm, I don't think, I think so. It's just, it's just no, okay. Because Spencer Sanders yeah. was yeah, phenomenal. It's, it's, it's not, yeah. Oklahoma Drew Sanders used to be at Lake Dallas. <laughs> That he did. Thinking of what could have been, yeah. yeah. He went from Lake Dallas yeah. to Colleyville Heritage, and now he's a Den Ryan. His dad must be a coach. Yeah, his dad is a coach, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's, listen, yeah, if Lone Star gets out of this thing, then it's going to come at the, they're going to be plenty of resistance along the way. But, hey, that's, so far they've passed every test. You know, even even the uh, the stiffest of ones during the regular season against the Colony, which um, this is, a, as far as just kind of power ranking the uh, the matchups in the first round in our coverage area, the, the Colony against Lancaster is one that I think is a, kind of Chance to be a pretty fun game. I got nine D oneers on the on the field. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is that our best five A matchup? Oh, but that's yeah, I think best. so. That may be the best, be the best five A matchup yeah. in the state. Yeah, yeah. 
because um, yeah, because when you factor in the colony and just the uh, what they're what that offense is capable of with all of that Division One talent, the Miles Prices, Christian Gonzalez, Keith Miller, and then of course Mikey Harrington running the show quarterback, and just the, uh, the how creative they can get the job that they did rising to the occasion against Lone Star, albeit with a bunch of like just trickery and whatnot. It was a t- complete kitchen sink performance, hey. but it almost worked. It almost worked. And you know how good Lone Star is though. Literally the colony with those guys tried out everything. So many fake punts, onside kicks. Oh yeah. All sorts of trick plays. Literally, Rangel pulled out all the stops. And Lone Star played poorly. Poor, yes. <laughs> and like, it was at the Colony, which is a I tough mean, place to play. I mean, quote unquote poorly. And Lone Star, yeah, on their standards. Yeah. yeah. It and shows that it's gonna it's gonna take a pretty impressive performance yeah. to, for someone to take down this it's Lone be, Star. It's team. almost Lone Star has like that Allen feel. Maybe not this year, but that Allen feel. Like you have to be perfect. Like mm. you just do. Like yeah. you have to be perfect. Yeah. You can't make any mistakes. And then you still might not beat them, but that's your that's your opportunity. Are we gonna sleep on Independence though? Yeah, in that same bracket. Yeah, uh, the, 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 you talk about teams that used to taking it up. Colony. But like I said, you talk about your teams that used to be. They have no history of doing that, or as my man Matt would like to say, punching above their know. weight. They're going to punch above their weight the after last, the second round. They've made the playoffs now three times in what, like five or six seasons mm-hmm. as a program. And How they punched above their weight though. They, well, they've had to play Highland Park in the first round both yeah, times, yeah. and well, that's way above their weight. <laughs> but they're not playing. That's a featherweight going against a super heavyweight. <laughs> <laughs> they're, you know, it's they're playing Mansfield Timberview in the first yeah. round. They're not the same Mansfield no. Timberview team. They'll win. Seen them, like, I said they're going to be one and done. I'm just saying that can they punch above their weight? <laughs> well, if they're able to get out of the first round, they'll probably get a chance to in the second round because they, yeah, because yeah. they're going to draw number five ranked Lufkin most likely. No, they don't go to East Texas. That, that, like no, I know, they, I know, I know. Our man Devin Hassett don't believe in uh, geography, but geography go make a big <laughs> deal. Be Devin doesn't yeah, exactly. believe in the world and get that, that spread. <laughs> I think that just that broad claim. Devin doesn't believe even geography. <laughs> he's, he's not even here to defend himself. Devin's sick right what now. Yeah. Uh, what that mean? Maps yeah. don't mean anything to Devin. Like, for instance, like, for instance, like you yeah. said, if they played in Mesquite, yeah. your, your Frisco team has a better chance of winning versus yeah. they play out there in the 903 in the Piney Woods. They don't want that. Uh, they don't want exactly. Look at your body language. Yeah. It, it means a difference. These are high school kids at the end of the day. Geography means a big deal. What kind of shot do y'all give the colony against Lancaster? I'm going to call it and get that second round. Right, guy, I got you winning because I know he's going to hit me up. I, I got you winning this week and I got you losing next week. I guess I got like percentage wise, maybe 60 40 for Lancaster, I'd say. I don't I've, know. I've had a coach. Oh, come on, this week? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I got the win this week. I got you winning this week, man. <laughs> so you I, have the colony beating Lancaster. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm going to put it on the source, pick. I've had a source tell me that is very familiar with all these teams saying the one team that he's worried about for Lone Star having to face is Lancaster. A lot of people mm-hmm. talking about that. I'm going to leave that there. Because that's the thing, like them and them and the colony have pretty similar offenses, just in terms of their output. They're both averaging over 400 yards and over 43 points per game. Just the thing is, is that Lancaster's defense has just been on another level. I mean, they're number two in the area in um, in points allowed per game, just 13.7. And this is in, in the same district as Highland Park, who they took to overtime. Here we segue. <laughs> That's why I got. I, 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 I think Rangel and them gonna pull it off just off a good feeling. Mm-hmm. But it would be funny to see North and Lancaster go at it. You see the 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 the, the greatest show in high school turf this year is <laughs> that defense go at it. Because yeah, now uh, so yeah, the winner of Lancaster and the Colony will draw the winner of McKinney North and Magnolia West. Which North's I mean, offense is scary, man. Yeah, you finally see. Yeah, you saw him. Yeah, you saw him. You've seen him all year. So can you tell Dev I'm not. I'm not over. The first thing that. That Fetchy said after the game, head coach Mike Fetchy, not not the younger Fetchy, Max. was that um, they don't feel like they peaked offensively at all, like at all. And I'm like, it, I mean, you put up 63 or whatever it was, but like, I mean, that's their genuine feeling is that like it's they not, probably feel like they should score 80. It's, it's, it's not coaches talk because what he's talking about is for somebody who's seen them play like five times, they'll have a half, they'll score 42 and a half, yeah. and the next half they'll have like 14. They haven't yeah. had that 42, 42. That's, not, that's, just about, that's what they're talking like they about. They should go put 80 up on anybody every Bro. time out. I, I mean, that's not realistic, but that's probably what they feel like when they, I mean, just with the weapons they yeah. have, and it's just clinical. And, and what's going to happen in the playoffs, what I want to see is they do what they do, 
even with their and their defense props to Coach Villarreal, Brandon Villarreal, and the defense coordinator, they've gotten better. They found a way to shut out these shut down these teams once they figure them out. Like it was 21-21 last week, yep. and then next thing you know, it's sixty-three twenty-one. No but still. But then, still. then the week before the game before, they had John Tyler. It was like twenty-one nineteen, and they ended up pulling that off. On Max Preps on McKinney North's page, they have them obviously playing Magnolia West on the fifteenth. Mm. They already have it pulled up for November twenty-second. At Lancaster. <laughs> <laughs> Disrespect to the colony from Max Preps. <laughs> but, um, just saying. Here, here's some numbers. I know y'all numbers, guys. Dylan Markowitz has thrown for 3,476 yards, 38 touchdowns, three picks. That's regular wow. season. Is that good? That's regular know. season. <laughs> Frazier's unreal. Yeah. I mean, that was my biggest takeaway, I think, from seeing them is that dude. I mean, it's just automatic, it seems like. If he's, like, you just got to go over the middle, and it's like, what do you do? If he's like six seven. What do you do? What do you do with him? But he's the third, the third option. They they have a thousand yard receiver. You know, JJ Henry got a thousand two hundred twelve yards, fourteen tubs. Then you got Noah Ford, eight hundred and two. Nine tubs, then Frazier with 726, seven tubs, mm-hmm. and then you got Sean um, Monsoor with 604 and seven Frazier's tubs. Just like, so okay, you got four people four with 600. Six wow. Third and seven, yeah. what and do you do? Uh, we already experience. talked about Mr. Fincher. Yeah. He leads the area in Russia. 1,620 wow. tubs. So yeah, there's, it's nice. you. What you gonna do <laughs> when that North offense runs wild on you? That's yeah, <laughs> uh, Right, Hulk Hogan? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's – but, yeah, I mean, listen, if the Colony is able to pull that upset on Lancaster, just how exciting would that game between the Colony and McKinney North be? What would the yeah, what would the over, what would the betting line, just the over-under be on that? Oh, total? Yeah. Total? I, I give it uh, 98. Goodness. Oh, I'll take the over. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, you start that around like 110. <laughs> For sure, man. That's, but um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know, Kendrick. Ultimately, like, what do you foresee McKinney North with just this this hallmark season of theirs, their first ever outright district championship? What do you feel like it's going to translate to in the playoffs? Because you know they should defeat Magnolia West, but after that, it's you know, I mean, the going's going to get pretty this, tough. This, this group knows how to win. They've been winning, uh, like we we're talking about. They had so much talent that they got people at other D one other schools that are going D one and leading the area in rushing when they all were middle schoolers. This group has been built for this, and they're just special. I don't. I, I know on paper somebody people pick Lancaster and they match up with the college because they're familiar. As Brian knows, from being district last realignment, mm-hmm. they were in the same district. Mm-hmm. But this particular team, it's, like, it's easy. Well, it's like they say, it's easy from the outside looking in. Well, you go in that field, it's a whole different thing. I'm pretty sure Poteen thought they were going to run with them, and they caught that smoke in that second half. <laughs> would you would you put would you favor them over over a Lancaster if they were to make the second round? I, I pick them because I know them. They won't be favored on paper, but oh, no, no, no. because because their defense is. As, as underrated, but I, I don't see anybody that can beat them in a shootout at this stage of the season. The only team that beat them in a shootout um, in the regular season was Wakeland, and they made two turnovers and still put up 49 points. Well, the defense has figured <laughs> out what we've talked about with North all season. Like, you just got to give up like 30 and you're fine. Like, you give up less than 35, you're going to win the football game. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, they've they've definitely figured that out. And like I said, you know, caveat of Poteet didn't have Seth McGowan, yeah. but still, I, I mean, Poteet wasn't scoring... 65 on North last week either. So, mm. I mean, but it does help in the respect that perhaps they're able to control the clock yeah. a little bit better with McGowan and perhaps impose that kind of yeah. the kind of imprint that you kind of need in order to keep that North offense off the field. So it does it does yeah, matter in that respect. Off into offense, but the reason I think the Colony is going to beat Lancaster is Lancaster. Other than the uh, Highland Park game, I don't call them front runners, but they used to be in the head. You can't want these the Colony or these. They started these, the season uh, against Duncanville. Uh, I mean, they lost to Duncanville, but they played. Or, you know, Duncanville, Highland Park, they've beaten the brakes out of everyone else. Granted, yeah. it's against, like, Adams and Samuel and stuff like that. Exactly, but I'm saying that those, those, those teams, though, like uh, North and the Colony, they come out and hit you with 14 points. You pressing because you, mm-hmm. you know they ain't going to lay off the gas. Mm-hmm. They haven't seen that yet, really, to end one. That was the they've problem. seen it, but I'm talking about they haven't. That game against Highland Park. Highland Park was up 14 nothing in the first quarter of that game. Highland Park and McKinney North, 9-2019. Highland Park is better than McKinney North. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 those numbers don't lie. Um, all right, so let's see. Um, 5A Division Two. Let's talk a little 5A Division Two, folks. Seven the lone team I cover. Seven 5A Division Two. Um, I mean, this was. 
it was an absolute photo finish, you know, for mm. the... Uh, photo finish. It was, yeah, between Lovejoy and Frisco and Braswell and Reedy, which... Who won the game? Uh, Frisco, yeah, Frisco won it. Yeah, Frisco won it. So, um, Reedy snuck in. Reedy wound up sticking in. The, uh, <laughs> what had to happen had to happen as they were uh, the biggest Denton Braswell fans in the state last week as they took care of Dennison and... They, 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 didn't, they didn't name it for us, so 7-5-8. <laughs> Reedy? Yeah. Pretty much. Um, so yeah, I guess what kind of expectations do we have now for District Seven Five A Division Two? It's a bummer for Lovejoy because I don't know the the thing that's going to define how they perform. Because I think Roy City and Lovejoy are, I mean, pretty similar. You look at Lovejoy beat Silver Springs by a score, but that's not the same Lovejoy team. You know, mm-hmm. later in the season, Roy City I think beat them by like thirty. Lovejoy probably would have done similar. Um, you know, had they played later on because Lovejoy's offense really got clicking and Lovejoy you know I, I thought was pretty underrated in district all season and then Rucker gets hurt and and I I didn't know if, if he was going to play last week I didn't know he'd be out um, it's kind of a bummer for Lovejoy with that you know Frisco game ending up the way it did because yeah. they didn't have you know obviously their their best athlete um, running the offense mm-hmm. maybe not their best athlete but the best quarterback bar none and a, and a tremendous athlete and, and that's most, the, their most important play that's that's going to sure. be the the story this week too if if Rucker's good to go I think they probably beat Roy City if he's not then you know nothing against knowing they do and and they still have the capability of scoring points and that might be good enough to beat. Roy City with a good defensive performance, but it's going to hinge, I think, on on whether RW can go or not. So we'll see. The uh, the first round matchups you have Lovejoy against Roy City, you have Braswell against Corsicana, Frisco against Greenville, and then Ennis versus Reedy. Um, so yeah, I don't know, Brian. I mean, with Frisco accomplishing what it did, you know, you got to see them polish off a uh, a district championship last week. As they uh, as they now like uh, very much like McKinney North, a team that had one of its better regular seasons in a long time. Mm-hmm. So, word um, kind of how do you foresee this translating to the playoffs? Because I look across this region, and obviously everything still runs through Alito, just like it did last year. <laughs> but um, but outside well, of that, it worries me because Frisco. You know, they won their first round game last year convincingly, and then they had to play South Oak Cliff. Mm-hmm. And I was at that game at the Star, and South Oak Cliff was just a different animal. They were just the better team, yeah. and they beat Frisco pretty good. Frisco is better than they were last year, mm-hmm. but they'd also have to play most likely South Oak Cliff again in that second round, and that that is what worries me. And then you know, I can't, I don't know what to make of Reedy and Ennis because Reedy, I mean, are they? They're obviously not what they were last year. Ennis, you know, won that district. They should be the favorites. Reedy just barely snuck in. One could say that Dennison really should have made the playoffs over over Reedy. No offense, uh, Coach. Shouldn't Cole. have lost uh, him head to head. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's what ultimately <laughs> lost the one that <laughs> the yeah. one that mattered. Yeah. I mean, Reedy went into in Dennison at that thirty-five, thirty-two. They held on and beat them. So they, they, yeah, they they earned the playoff spot. But Dennis was a really deserving too. They beat Frisco, and they're the only team to beat Frisco in the in the district. But I, I don't know. I, if Reedy goes out and just you know gives it to Ennis, I won't be surprised. If Ennis goes out there and gives it to Reedy, pretty good, I won't be surprised. So I think there's way. I think there's some upset potential yeah, in this one. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Ennis is Ennis is nine and one, all fine and well. They went undefeated in the district, but the results have been a little bit up and down. Even just last week against Greenville, who was the number four seed out of that district, they won 32-25. They had to come back though from a twenty-five to seven deficit. You look at Reedy too, though they got results like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, True. Reedy had some scares. Are you going to get the Reedy? <laughs> but against teams that went on to win, like against Frisco and against. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to get the Reedy first half against Frisco, mm. or are you going to get that second half <laughs> against Frisco that really was the much better team? They just couldn't overcome the, their first half blunders. You know, I ran this through one of those uh, one of those little simulators or whatnot. Oh. Like, what would you like on a neutral field? What would one team be favored over by the other? And this would only be a five point favorite on a neutral field that against, about right. against Reedy. That sounds about so right. Which for a district yeah. champion against a four seed, like I don't know, yeah. I kind of expect it to be maybe a little bit a little bit higher than that. But that just kind of speaks that Reedy has you know they've shown the ability to press. Some of the uh, some of the more upper echelon teams in that district, with the exception of Braswell, who Braswell just beat the tar out of them. Speaking, but, of, <laughs> speaking of them, I can see them making a run, and we talked about it. Yeah, earlier. inexperienced, good, but inexperienced. I don't know, man. They, they, they they're were, really good. There's they, a chance that second round because they because they announced their presence to the rest of the area early on with a uh, with a win over Red Oak. Um, Red Oak is currently ranked number seven in the state, and if Braswell's able to get past Corsicana, they could very well rematch Red Oak in the second round. <laughs> So funny, a nice little, uh, nice little chance to kind of come full circle in that one. But yeah, Braswell is—you could argue maybe as far as which teams look the best right now out of seven oh, five yeah. AD two, you could make a case. Braswell. I think if you play Frisco Braswell a bunch of times, Braswell probably gets the majority of them. I think they're better than Frisco. I mean, mm-hmm. Frisco took care of what it 
need to take care of. You know, you're the district champion for a reason, but Braswell. Braswell's trending, and Braswell's Frisco kind of peaked and then kind of stumbled a little bit against mm-hmm. Denison, and then just kind of, now they're back and forth. They were struggling in the first quarter against Lovejoy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Braswell's season's going to come to an end in the third round, which would be a great thing because they'd have to play Lido. They're not going to, they're not trending upwards not enough to beat Alito. Yeah. No, not even Reedy last year yeah. was good enough to beat Alito, and that Reedy team was so good. Yeah. So that was the best team in Frisco last year. Better than Lone Star. Better, man, they were they were so good, but it's it all goes through Alito, man. Yeah, as is usually the case at this time of year. Um, let's see, so that's a look at kind of where things are at in 5A Division Two. We can quickly touch on our, uh, our three 4A uh, postseason-bound programs. Um, as per usual, Argyle is, uh, is entering the postseason with very, very lofty expectations as they are undefeated and have looked, have looked every bit the part. Um, you know, they're in the same district as uh, that loaded district with them and Melissa and Salina and whatnot. Um, so Salina, not Salina, but, uh, but Argyle gets its thing going against Carter. Um, they're, the again, in that Region 2, you know, you're kind of looking and that uh, a potential uh, what would it be? I guess a, a fourth round matchup or whatever against uh, against La Vega or who not whoever, but um, or Salina or Salina. <laughs> Um, so um, I don't know, Brian. Like with the Bobcats, I mean, they uh, they draw Ranch View, and then if they beat the, if they beat them, then they're probably playing La Vega, number three in the state. So well, nevertheless, what's the vibe out of emanating out of Salina right now? Look what Salina did last year. They they limped into the playoffs. They were what's so down the, uh, last year. And then they, they obviously win that first round, I believe it was Wilmer Hutchins, and then they go upset Stephenville. Stephenville was so good last year. They were almost up there par with Argyle, mm-hmm. you know, La Vega-type level. And they go beat them second round, and they go win the third round. Or then, then they go face Argyle in the third round, and they had a, a chance to beat them. Argyle scores the game-winning touchdown with, like, 20 seconds left, obviously. But it's, it's just something about the playoffs with Salina, and they call it um, Salina time. Salina time. And I, I, lo- I love that. I, hey. you know, I've met with them the last like, two years about Salina. It, it really is, Like man. Dame Willard. It really is Salina time. And there was all that trash talking going on with them and Argyle and, you know, with what story I wrote mm. a preview on last year. It got a lot of rumblings from some things that – some quotes that were used. Yeah. Um, Are you providing bullets to board material? I, I, man, I think so. Because it was, it, was it was getting around on Twitter. Salina called it shot and almost did it, man. Oh, yeah. Steph and all those guys were all getting a hold of it, and, and man, they, they, they should have beat Argyle. But anyways, <laughs> they're going to take care of business against Rangeview, and they're going to play La Vega in that second round. Don't be surprised. Just saying. Uh, you have all uh, orange with sweater. <laughs> I need to just get a full Salina jumpsuit. <laughs> Um, and then you have uh, Sunnyvale over in the 4A Division II bracket. Sunnyvale, which comes in state ranked, they're number seven over in 4A Division II after their uh, their second straight unbeaten regular season. So uh, you know, shout out to Trip Makeda, Noah McDill, and those guys for continuing to uh, to hold it down over um, over in 4A D2. Only problem is, is that their region is absolutely loaded. Mm-hmm. Of the yeah. top ten teams in uh, in 4A Division II, four of them reside in Region Two alongside Sunnyvale. Um, you know, they start off against. Uh, against Pittsburgh, but then you're looking potentially ahead if they're able to get on a roll. They could see number one ranked Pleasant Grove in the uh, yeah. in the third round, and then the uh, you know potentially a fourth round meeting with either Gilmer, who's you know you all and Gilmer's always you know rolling this time of year, and then Connolly, who's number two in the state. So it's um yeah again it's odds are it's probably going to end for them in the third round and seem to put the uh, put the smart money on that. But uh, nevertheless, a a strong year for Sunnyvale nonetheless, and we'll. Um, yeah, we'll see what it all means for them. We'll see what it all means for all these teams as the uh, as the football playoffs get rolling on uh, on Thursday. We've uh, we're finally here, gentlemen. So we will see what the uh, you know what happens for our local programs in the weeks to come. Who's able to make a run? If we're able to get any state championships out of uh, out of our coverage area, um, and yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the uh, of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Um, obviously, of these high profile matchups that we talked about, we have five that are up for Game of the Week. You can go to our website at starlocalmedia.com to vote on that. And we'll be back on Thursday to break down that matchup and some of the other marquee ones that are on the docket. Folks, you keep enjoying your week, and we will talk to you all later. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. 
Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.